We hope you're having a wonderful Christmas day. We're going to continue singing our carols with angels we have heard on high. So no matter where you are watching from, why don't you join with us? Here we go. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous trains. Welcome everyone. Merry Christmas. If we haven't met before, my name's Jono and I'm so glad you can join with us uh, for our Christmas service today. Thanks, Annette. And thanks to the team for doing such an amazing job uh, leading us today. It's great that we can celebrate the birth of Jesus, as others have already mentioned, that we celebrate the birth of our King, Jesus, which is fantastic. And so uh, we're going to start off... um, 
Amy Ruth, why don't you come over here? The platform is all yours and you're going to bring a reading for us. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I'm Amy Ruth. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 18. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left him and when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, thanks, Amy Ruth. That's great. Well, there's lots that we can um, looking forward to and celebrating on uh, Christmas Day. And so uh, we don't want to hold you up too long today, but also we want to take the opportunity to, as Amy Ruth uh, read, open up the Bible together and of all days be reminded about the amazing gift of Jesus for us. And so I want to start off by asking you a question. Uh, when, what is your answer to when someone asks you the question, uh, do you want to hear the good news or the bad news first? Uh, what's your answer to that question? There's no better way of, uh, that I heard of this recently where a doctor came in and said, well, do you want the good news or the bad news? And the uh, patient said, well, give me the good news. Uh, give me the bad news. Um, well, bad news is we've never seen a rash like this before. And the patient's thinking, well, what's the good news? And the doctor said, good news is we're going to name that rash after you. Believe it or not, in the reading that we just heard, there's a big declaration of bad news. That might sound surprising. I wonder if you saw it. It's, it's, not, it's not spoken of. It's certainly not shouted or declared. It's, it's not even whispered. But the bad news is actually presented in the, in the form of a group of people. Can you pick it? It was actually in the very first four words that Amy Ruth shared with us from Luke 2. It's in verse 8 where it says, And there were shepherds. And there were shepherds. See, these ordinary, everyday, smelling like sheep people who looked after sheep and kept them away from predators, they were, they embodied the bad news, okay? They embodied the bad news. See, all their working lives, they'd been told that they weren't as good as everyone else. They'd been left out of things. They'd been rejected and dejected. They were told that they were the bottom of the heap and they were treating, treated accordingly. And being born into a society where so often you picked up the occupation of your parents and their parents before them, there was a long and a deep history ingrained in them that they, would heard, they had heard the message time and time again, you're not worthy and you're not good enough 
And this was ingrained in their hearts and in their mind and in their lives. They saw themselves as the bad news. They were the type of people that others would say, well, if there's problems in the world, it's because of those people over there. I want to ask you a question. How would you complete this sentence? The biggest problem in my life right now is because of we can be so prone to seeing the problems in our lives solely due to the fact like the family that we're part of, the way we were treated, some of the things we've experienced, historical choices, maybe issues in our society. We can blame the problems in our life solely on political choices or political influences around us, maybe matters of finance or relationship troubles. I don't want to dwell on the bad news for too long. This is Christmas, of course, but it's pretty honest and raw to say these shepherds are intended to highlight to us that the biggest and the darkest thing that all of us have to face and that influences everything we say and everything we do and think is not out there, it's in here. Sounds like a pretty rough life for those shepherds, doesn't it? There's a book in the Bible, Psalms, it's a, it's a bunch of songs and, and it says it this way, like all of us, we're all alike, we're all corrupt. Each and every one of us have turned away from God. It's talking about how we have this inherent darkness and inbuilt imperfection in us. Another really brief letter in the New Testament of the Bible says it this way, and if we were going to use everyday language, it says, if you think you're perfect, you're fooling yourself. I read an author the other day, Paul Tripp, and he said it like this. You can run from a bad relationship. You can quit a bad job. You can move away from an unsavoury neighbourhood. You can even leave a dysfunctional church, but you have no ability whatsoever to escape yourself. Now, if you're like me, you have trouble believing this bad news. When we do something wrong, you, we probably try and blame it on stress or a bad boss or our spouse and how well does that go? And certainly when others point something out about us where we could have done better or we were wrong, we're, we're not normally thankful, right? Anything but. If we're alike, I think we are, we get defensive and we get angry and we want to protect ourselves and we so quickly just go, well, if you think I'm to blame, I think you're to blame. Because sometimes it can be really hard to listen and believe that, they're actu- that we're actually the person they're describing and they're experiencing. Here's the crazy thing. What was said to be true of the shepherds was and is true of each and every one of us. And I want to finish off about just this brief bit about the bad news by saying if the only thing we as human beings needed was a little bit of external tweaking to our circumstances, for things to be different around us in our lives, then the coming of Jesus, the celebration of Christmas just would make zero sense. But here's where we come to the good news because what needs addressing most lies within us. And into this sense of hopelessness 
and this long heritage of feeling like just being told that they were, they were the bad news. And, and I think actually these, these shepherds were well aware of their brokenness. To them, first of all, comes the greatest news of all. This amazing declaration by the angels, we read about it in verse 11 where it says, the angels declared, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born for you. A saviour has been born for you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And these shepherds, how incredible. They didn't have to go searching. They didn't have to try and earn their saving. If they, if they acknowledge that they're like, the bad news is me, what am I going to do to get rid of this? The angels come with an amazing promise. And I, I think those, parent, those shepherds would have just said, if we're, if we're saved from this, if we're saved from what we know is true about ourselves, this indeed is great news. A saviour has found us. A saviour has come to us. It's one thing to hear about something incredible, isn't it? But it's another thing to experience it entirely. Recently, my kids were so excited about something that their friends had, had told them about, but the look in your eye, like they just couldn't believe it until they'd actually experienced it for themselves. And this is what happens with the shepherds. In verse 16, we read, so they, that's the shepherds, hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby. And what they'd heard about, what they'd been promised was true. They saw it with their own eyes. They experienced it for themselves. Another question for you today. What is it in our lives this Christmas that we are so certain of that it can never be taken away from us? What is, what is so true of the things in our lives that we can put our complete trust in it? I think each and every one of us could go, we could go around and list the number of things that up until a few months or 18 months or so ago, we would acknowledge we probably put too much trust in. We probably put too much hope in. I love this little side note where the angels actually say like, oh, by the way, the, the baby is uh, lying in a manger, lying in a feeding trough in a barn. Like, just in case, I imagine the, like this, this Bethlehem may have only been several hundred people, but angels were very conscious of like, we don't want you to go waking another baby that isn't the saviour born for you. I love that. But in, the, in this village, into this feeding trough, is this amazing, humble beginning. A baby born for us. God coming in humility. Have you ever felt like God provided an amazing thing in a really humble, everyday kind of way for you. It's an amazing experience. A couple of years ago, we, um, we, we had two cars and one completely bombed out. It was, um, you know, leaving church one day. I remember having to fill up the radiator three times and it was just time for it to go to car heaven. And so we were with one car, but we often needed to go two different directions. And so my wife looking after primary school age kids and me going to work and it just, we're just like, oh, this car would just be, you know, amazing. And we hadn't talked about it. We hadn't prayed about it. We hadn't really discussed anything. We were just, you know, one of those moments where you're just like, it is what it is. 
And out of the blue, one of our friends came along and just drove up in their car and we knew, knew, who, knew whose car it was and they hopped out and they said, uh, I've, got, uh, I've just bought, upgraded my car, um, you can just have this one as long as you want. And I can tell you, a Maroon 1990 Honda Accord, not just the Civic, the Accord, had never looked so good. And this car, it, was, it had done like 260,000 Ks and the paint was peeling off it on the outside. I remember the steering wheel was even a bit worn, like you, you put your hands... I don't want to give away too much because it's probably illegal, but, you know, the, like on the steering wheel, your hands are in the grooves and... I remember one time like the paint was peeling off the number plates and so I just, I got the white out out to do around the numbers and the letters which the police when they pulled me over told me that that wasn't legal and I should get it fixed ASAP. But what I remember most about this car was there was nothing fancy about it but in that moment it felt like the most incredible gift. It felt like God had answered a prayer we hadn't even prayed. And if we can feel like just practical things like this in our life, how much more so the shepherds on that first Christmas when they just go, this is amazing. God has indeed answered the prayer of our heart. And here they are kneeling around a feeding trough with a baby. And I just love to picture these shepherds like, were they parents themselves? So they knock on the door. And what's the first thing? I don't even know if a Stable has a door like that you knock on, but you know, they arrive and oh, like, hey guys, we're, we're here. Like, what's the first thing you say when angels have declared that you're going to meet the Saviour? And do they, do they mill around and has uh, a couple of these people are parents themselves and so they're like, oh, I don't want to tread on any toes here, but like that, that's a tired cry. Like that's a tired, like it's time for Jesus to go to, I just don't know. I just, like, would it be, was one of them even so, just audacious that they would say, like, can I, can, I hold, can I hold the baby? Just picture that for a moment. That's an incredible, powerful picture of the brokenness of humanity being able to get so close up and near to the presence of God given for us. God in the form of a child, himself facing what we all face in a broken and dysfunctional world. And I just want to say today, if you like the shepherds, if we like the shepherds recognise our need for God, if we know that that is true about us, that we embody the bad news at times, then the promise of a saviour born to us is intended to bring us peace and bring us comfort. I love the fact that that experience with Jesus transformed those shepherds' lives. God has a way of making something amazing from, from hurting hearts and disappointed minds and broken lives. And what's the first thing they do when they've seen the baby Jesus? In verse 17, we're told, when they had seen him, they spread the word. The shepherds went away just declaring, hey, if we can be included, anyone can be included in on this. And just like the shepherds, 
as followers of Jesus, God has chosen to trust you with the greatest news of all for all humanity. I love how the hope that we find in Jesus doesn't do any finger pointing. Those, those shepherds had had fingers pointed at them their whole lives. Instead, they go out with a message which draws people in, that God has been given for us to reconcile us with him, that we can have a, a, a living and growing relationship with a true God. And verse 20 tells us of the shepherd's response. It just says, the, the shepherds returned, returned to their fields, glorifying and praising God. And this extraordinary experience doesn't withdraw them from their daily obligations or their responsibilities, but it actually enables them to face their lives with it just such a deep and rich sense of gladness. And we can too. I wonder if they, how long it took them to fall asleep that first night that the message was true for them, that even when they woke in the morning, they had to do the most mundane of things, that it now had true meaning. They came to realise that the presence of God was irreplaceable. A few years ago, I was talking with someone who, they'd grown up in a very religious household. They'd gone to church for many years and they I listened as they shared about what, using that language, they shared about all the, the bad news that they had inside them, the way they lived, the choices they'd made, their disappointments with themselves. And I was, I was listening and in my heart I just prayed, God, like, what, what is happening here? And I just asked the simple question, did the church you go to when you were growing up ever talk about Jesus much? And they said, no, not at all. And I just said to them, you're missing out on the good news. It's understandable. All you've experienced is the bad news. You're you're missing out on the good news. You're missing out on the amazing news that Jesus was born in humility to to demonstrate the love of God. You're missing out on the truth that Jesus lived a perfect life that we could never live for ourselves that Jesus gave his life in exchange for yours. And Jesus put the bad news upon himself and made, made himself disrespectful so we, so we could be acceptable to God, that we can know God, that the great news of Jesus born for us as a saviour is greater than any news, bad news about the state that we find ourselves in. And I'll finish today, invite the team back up by saying this great news is for each and every one of us today. You're going to do lots of, I hope you're going to have moments today where you can celebrate and you find joy and whether that's with family or friends or even just in the briefest of moments. But would you please take away this into your day? That because of Jesus' birth, you don't have to to deny or minimise the brokenness that lives inside you. Because Jesus came to rescue you, he came to forgive you, he came to transform you and ultimately deliver you. Now that is great news. That is great news. Why don't we, why don't we pray together uh, to finish up here? And then we're going to sing, we're going to sing a song together, uh, which will be good. I think we're singing Joy to the World, aren't we? Very good.
Let's pray and uh, commit this day to God. Lord God, we want to acknowledge that there is indeed bad news. Each of us has turned away from You. But today, we want to thank You, God, that You made a way. Jesus, You are indeed hope of the world. And Jesus, today, we want to say afresh that our hope, You are our hope. Our hope is in You. And Jesus, You are the hope of the world. May this Christmas, just our our world be filled with the best news of all. Jesus, you are the hope of the world. In your name we pray. Amen. 